Lifting down to dungeon. Lifting. Yeah. Um, miffed and peeved. Miffed and peeved. That's a way of saying like you're angry or you're mad. Don't be miffed and peeved. Miffed. Don't be miffed and peeved. It's a real world. It's a real world. It's a real world. I don't use it. It's a real world. Not in your vocab? Down to dungeon. Yes. This is Stephen Adams. Don't be miffed and peeved. No, you can't be miffed and peeved. Right. No. This is Stephen Adams. You can't be miffed and peeved because you're listening to Down to Dunk. Welcome to Down to Dunk. This is your host, Andrew Schleck. We're a part of CLNS Media. Also, DailyThunder.com. You can also find us on Dash Radio Monday, Wednesday, Friday, 5 o'clock Central Time. With me today, Michele Barra. Michele, what's up? Well, we had an interesting week. So everything super nice. Like um, It was probably the, the most boring and awful basketball week we had in a long time. Yeah. But anyway. Yeah, for sure. Uh, the Thunder are now 11th in offense and they're 5th in defense. Uh, which just doesn't seem right, uh, which puts them at six and net rating at a 3.3. But they've lost four in a row, Michele, to teams that aren't that great, right? They lost to the Pelicans or they lost to Denver, the Pelicans and the Lakers, and they uh, lost to Washington on the road before then. Um, it's it, They've just been really bad since Dre went out. Uh, they had that really great game against Philly at home, which I thought, might have been their best win of the season. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, it's they were just brutal. And, and a lot of it to me is clearly there, there's like an effort problem and there's a defensive problem there. But they just cannot play Terrence Ferguson anymore. Like they just can't. Yeah. I mean, uh, I was watching some numbers today, uh, mainly from cleaning the glass and part of in, on NBA.com and the numbers of turns are pretty brutal. Um, I mean, he has like one of the worst uh, on-off rating um, of the team uh, with, with a minus 8.5 overall, which is incredibly bad. And But if you if you look deep and you see the lineups he's playing on, it's, it's even worse. I mean, the starting lineup with him just doesn't work. If you want, like I can dive deep into numbers but i don't want to uh, bore the uh the listeners <laughs> you can di- dive deep come on so um uh, let's let's start with this so dre has the second uh best on off rating of okc mm-hmm. um with like plus 8.4 for reference kd on the warriors is at 2.2 curry mm-hmm. is uh, around 11 and russ is more than 10 so we are we are speaking about some elite player, like plus eight point four is like almost unbelievable. It's all star level, and I know it's difficult to understand that a, a, just a defensive guy can have that kind of a, of an effect on a team, but that is just the reality. I mean, the way OKC plays with Ray on offense and defense, especially of course, it's it's really uh, it makes a real a real difference. Uh, that said, I mean, I, I went through the number with the starters uh, here, and the starters with Terrence Ferguson are minus 9.2, while with Ray are plus 14.5. So this, this is basically coming from the best team in the NBA to worse than the worst possible team in the NBA. And it makes no sense since 
basically every other player has like positive or slightly negative ratings. And probably the, the one with like slightly negative ratings is because of a very small sample size. So Abrinas has plus 9.4 on 300 possessions. Eustis has plus 9.2 on 150 possessions. Felton is slightly negative, but with just uh, 9. Uh, 94 possessions. And Grant is slightly negative with 150 possessions. But that, that trend is coming to, like, it's different lately. So, I mean, Ferguson is on his own, his own category. Like, minus 9.2 is unbelievable. And the reason why is the team is shooting 51, uh, 50.1% when he's on the court in terms of effective field goal, like real percentage, and the opponents are shooting 57.8. Like, <laughs> like this is unbelievable. Mm. I mean, he played 400 possession with the starters, and there is no evidence whatsoever that, he's, that, he, that this is a good thing. And so, I mean, why, why are you keeping uh, trying? You, you keep trying while other players like Eustace, Abrinas, even Grant, can have more success because I mean OKC basically has part of his defensive strategy is to rely a lot on closeouts and Terrence is not aware enough to, to do a proper closeout mm-hmm. so if you, if you look at the numbers then this is actually weird uh, OKC with uh, with Robertson on the court is giving up like 34% of the, the of the shots are trees which is not an ideal number but the point is Andre is so good at closing out that the percentage on those shots are, are not great. With Terrence Ferguson, you give up just the 32% of those from three, but the percentage is skyrocketing. Like, he basically is conceding, uh, um, like, every shot that the other team takes is basically open. So even if they, they, they took less three, they take less three on, on an average, they are far more, like, they are better shots and open shots. So uh, to, to resume this, I mean, Ferguson has no business playing with the starter. First, because of the actual numbers with the starter. But second, because if you cut out Ferguson from like the initial rotation, you can play around with lineup that actually works. For example, if you start Abrinas and then you put in Grant, Abrinas plus Grant plus Russ, uh, Russ plus Stevens, uh, plus Stevens is actually plus 20 hmm. for the season on 100 possessions. So, I mean, why don't, don't you want to try better lineups or at least lineups that has some kind of evidence and like skip for a month or two the development of Terrence Ferguson. I think they should. Here for these last five games, the defensive rating with Terrence Ferguson on the court, and I know this is a small sample and it's gonna show 125.5 when he's on the yeah. court. Off the court one oh one point four, which is good right yeah yeah no no, it's it's okay 101.4 is good and it's hard because it's like robertson is very good like he is clearly a valuable player to this team one of the best five players on the team no question maybe even the fourth most important player on this team but this team can still be good like i think yeah i think that people think that um, well now that robertson's gone this team can't be good to me the biggest difference is that this is a rust to samaj like fall from robertson to ferguson as far as defenders go i mean you're going to a 19 year old inexperienced skinny rookie that cannot play right now he cannot contribute positively and i i think that ferguson is going to be good 
Like I think mm-hmm. like we've seen it, we've seen signs of it that he's had flashes. And I think that he's going to be able to play. But maybe when he's 21 or 22, he'll be able to play, just not today. Uh and the same with with Alex Abrinas on the court, the defensive rating is 100.7. Mm-hmm. Like he honestly it should he needs to choose. <coughs> Excuse me, Billy needs to choose. Abrinas or Houston, if they're not going to make a trade. And I think they're going to make a trade. But if they don't, if they somehow get past the deadline and all they get is like another, you know, point guard or they get a, a forward or something and they don't, they're not able to fill that spot. Like they, they've got to start Abrinas or they've got to start Houston. They, I, I don't, there's an infatuation with Terrence Ferguson among the coaching staff and it's killing this team right now. I mean, those are the minutes where they're losing these games. I mean, those those lineups with the starters, like you mentioned, like you can't have negative minutes with those guys. With all three of those, with all four of those guys out there, you can't have negative minutes. You just can't. You're, you're going to lose games like that. Yeah, and the reason why, I mean, the, the offense is not working either. So if you say, well, I sac- I'm sacrificing like defense, but with turns out there, I can I can have like the floor uh, more space. That is not the case. Like it's really not the case because Ferguson doesn't move, and if Ferguson doesn't move, and either you you, you make uh, all the time the hawk play uh, where all the four best players are involved, uh, but then. Otherwise, I mean, Melo will revert back to ISO because there's no movement, there's no flow, uh, there's no one who, has, who is actually screening for uh, for, Paul, for Paul George. And yes, sometimes Melo will screen. Yes, sometimes Adams can set a pin down. But if you do that all the time, it means that like the other team sooner or later will do a better job defend, defending those sets. And so, I mean, if no one is guarding Ferguson, that is not going to help you on the offensive end. And like, for example, if you have a Brinus on uh, on the court. Uh, they they are generating very good shots from the corners. They are shooting 40, 46% on corner trees. That is not going to happen with Ferguson out there because he's not that kind of shooter. And and you you don't have uh, offensive rebounds as well. I, I noticed, and I'm sure you did as well, that last night, for example, Steven was not as effective on the offensive boards. That because, I mean, Robertson is actually important also on that end. And Ferguson will not help. So, I mean, having Eustace out there gives you opportunity to take more rebounds. In, in fact, uh, against the Lakers as well, uh, when Eustace was out there, the offensive rebounds were there. Because if you pair like two or three good rebounders, then Adams can control like the short, re- the short uh, rebounds. And George and Robertson was, were um, controlling the uh, the long ones. Now, with Robertson gone, Ferguson cannot take those. And so, I mean, there's every indication that um, Ferguson should really play sparse minutes, maybe in the second, the all second unit. That can be fine, but not with the starters. Because, as, as you said, I mean, Billy is putting on an effort to play those guys as many minutes together as possible. And if, like, the first six minutes of the first quarter and the first six minutes of, of, the, of the third are with a guy that is a huge minus then you're wasting talent out there. Yeah, yeah, no question. Uh, another player that has not helped in the stretch is Carmelo Anthony. His defense has been atrocious. Uh, I feel like he has gone a little bit away from being the, you know, the the acceptance mellow where he's accepting his role and doing everything he's supposed to do. 
feel like he's gone away from that a little bit. I don't know if he feels like he needs to do more. And so like, that's his way of doing more. Um, but the defense is, is not good with him out there. 113.1 with him on the wow. court. And then a 96.7 with him off. Uh, and it's not like he's been off the court all that much. But to me, that's a that's Patrick Patterson. Like Patrick Patterson has got to play more. They've got to find a way to get this guy more minutes. He's played in this five-game stretch. He's played 65 minutes on the court, 175 off the court. That's unacceptable. And the defensive rating, whenever Patrick Patterson has been on the court over these past five games, 93.7. And then with him off the court, 113.2. Like, he's he's got to play. And I know that this is all out of respect for Carmelo. And he's a leader on this team. I get all of that. And I'm not saying that Patterson should play more than Melo. I still think that Melo is helpful. Melo is helping the offense when he's out there. 108.3 when he's on, 99.8 when he's off. He's helping the offense. But you've got to find ways to get Patrick Patterson out there more and play him next to Steven Adams. Because I think that you know Adams is out there on an island right now. We talked about this the last time Dre was out. That Adams is helped so much by Dre on the defensive end. He doesn't have to cover for everybody. Now he's having to cover for Westbrook, Ferguson, and Mello. And he and Paul George can't do it on their own. And so we're back in that same spot where... Why is, why is Steven Adams not playing as well? Why does he not look as good? Why is he not doing... Because he's doing trying to do everything. Like, he just can't do it. It's, it's impossible for him to do the job that he's... At least, I think, in his head, he's being asked to do. I'm not sure that Billy really is asking him to do all these things. But I think that he feels like he has to cover for everybody. And he just can't, he just can't do it. And that's why they, they have to go get somebody at the trade deadline. They need to go get somebody that fits as low as, like, a Garrett Temple. Like, Garrett Temple... It's a softer landing from Robertson to Garrett Temple than it is from Robertson to Ferguson. They just have to find somebody else. Yeah, or they, they have like a few games before the deadline. And I really hope that against Golden State, someone else will start. Or that yeah. Terrence get burned like for the for good. That, mm-hmm. that would be probably Well, the they case. just have one game before the deadline. Yeah, then... Uh, yeah, uh, yeah. Sorry, uh, mm-hmm. I had the schedule here and I, I missed the date. Yeah, um, just okay, yeah, start. yeah, because uh, the game against the Lakers is actually after the deadline is yeah, over, and they, right? Yeah, and they will, they'll have to start, and who knows, like who they may have to start Ferguson because they may not have a Brinus available or Houston's available. Yeah, right. Uh, I mean, it's it's. It, it's bad to like to trash Ferguson as much as we did, but uh, it's not really a judgment on the player. It's just a judgment on what he's doing yeah, on the court and sure. what he's capable of doing now. Mm-hmm. I mean, there are plenty of examples of rookies that were not helpful as as much as uh, uh, as you hope for, but uh, in in time, uh, like in a, in a few years, they actually come become contributor and yeah. maybe at a very high level. There are players that spend like years in the D league before being like serious uh, contributor, like Danny Green. I mean, it's the best example and the player that maybe Ferguson can be in the future. Like um, there are players that just need time and being uh, in a contender level team, or at least uh, it was like that um, and get minutes is it's crazy important, but get that amount uh, in lineup there that actually are dysfunctional. Uh, I'm not sure it helps you as much as playing maybe five to ten minutes in a lineup that maybe has less responsibility and um, 
less uh, big player to play with so that you may have more space for you then then that may help you actually yeah and and like i said earlier i think he's going to be good but you are hard pressed to find a 19 year old rookie that's going to be able to come in and contribute right away and be a positive impact these guys it's they just don't do it and this has kind of been the Thunder's M.O. through the years is up until the trade deadline, they give these young guys a real chance. You know, they Domas last year, they gave him a real chance to be their starting power forward. And, you know, he wasn't really, he's playing out of position when we're talking about Domas. Yeah. But um, they're doing the same thing with Ferguson, giving them, the, giving them the chance up until the trade deadline. And I, I don't suspect that he gets traded. I think that there's a chance. I mean, if there's a bigger name on the table and they are asking for Ferguson, then I don't think that he's like ungettable. Um, oh, no. But to me, they, they need to choose between Ferguson and Abrinas at this trade deadline. Like, pick one. Because you can't... I just don't think you can move forward with both. Because I just don't think that you can play both and have Dre. I just I just don't think you can. And that that's proven to be so because they just haven't played Abrinas um, mm-hmm. up, up until Dre's injury. And so... Uh, I think they need to pick, and I think they need to go get somebody that can play now and maybe in the future. They they may get a guy like uh, Avery Bradley on an expiring contract, in which case I don't think they'll bring him back. Um, but he's a guy that will help a lot right now, and so they've got they've got some big decisions to make. And you know, you I don't know if there's a GM that you would want more at the helm than Sam Presti at this particular tread deadline for the Thunder. Yeah, I mean, uh, it's hard to see any big names. A big name actually uh, being traded to OKC, but who knows? Uh, maybe there are bigger plans. I mean, no one saw uh, Blake trade uh, sure. uh, before it actually happened. And to give you like one last stats that I actually had here, and um, so the, the the point that you were that you made before about the last five game five game being uh, a small sample on the difference between Robertson and Ferguson, actually, if you take like the full season data on half court defense, Robertson is at ninety six point two, which is like unbelievable. Ferguson is one twenty, so like it's a twenty three point eight point uh, difference between the two. It is crazy that crazy. that the guy yeah. Yeah, yeah. Uh, I'm, I'm speaking like starters um, plus the guy. So mm-hmm. it's actually it's 400 possessions. It's it's not like a small sample. Like 400 possession is like a, a big amount. To it's a reliable data with Ferguson uh, on the on the court. They cannot defend. But anyway, uh, what I was saying is it's hard to see a big name, but if you can get a commitment for like a two three years, like a, cur- a currently kind of player. Mm-hmm. Then I think it's it's hard to, to, to sacrifice a rookie for um, for a rental, but for like a two three year commitment, then maybe yes. Yeah, and and a guy that you can envision next season, and I'm not sure that Dre will be back to start the season. I'm not going to make any predictions about that. I would doubt that he is, um, mm-hmm. but he could be. But you could bring a Courtney Lee off the bench, and he's a guy that can come in and contribute, and he can close when you need him to. Like he's a plug and play player easily on this team, and he's bigger than Avery Bradley. I think he is not going to cause any problems. Not to say that Avery Bradley definitely will, but he's got 
some legal troubles that he's been battling this season. I think Bradley would be great, but I, I mean, Lee to me is, that would be the target. Like if you could get, if he is gettable and especially if you can get him for Abrinas and Singler and, you know, two second rounders, then I think that's a no brainer to, to go do that. And then you clear another roster spot and then you can go after two buyout guys and, I don't know if they could get like a Joe Johnson and a big man or somebody. And then like your team is just a whole lot better. And there, there are a lot of ways that this team can get a lot better. Um, obviously the tra- trade deadline Thursday, but then buyout candidates, I think there will be some minutes to be had. Cause I, I don't think that uh, Sam or Billy are sold on a ton of the bench guys. You know, I think probably Patterson, Grant and Felton are the guys that they're sold on probably heading into the playoffs. And Grant, yeah. I don't know if Grant will be on this team after the trade deadline either, just because they, they don't have a way of bringing him back. Um, you know, I guess they can resign him and maybe he won't get any money. I mean, there's a chance that a lot of these guys that, and we are kind of in these, you know, old cap thinking like, you know, Grant could get 10 million or Grant can get you know, no. whatever. Like Grant, like there's a chance that he comes back on like a two year, you know, eight million dollar contract. I mean, I just don't know who else wants Jeremy Grant at this point. A guy that can't shoot it. That's probably is a better defender by reputation than he is in reality. Um, mm-hmm. So maybe they maybe they can bring him back. And I think that a lot of people have just concluded that they won't be able to bring him or Houston back. And I just. The, like the more I watch these guys, the more I'm like, I just don't know if that's the case. Like, I think that you could at least get them both on like a one year prove it kind of contract. Um, so I don't, I don't know. We'll we'll see. There's just a a lot of speculation. There's a lot of things in the air right now for the Thunder. And the number one thing is that they have to find a way to get Ferguson out of the starting lineup, whether that be through trade or just start a Brinus and just you know try that again because he has looked better at these past few games than he has maybe all season. And, you know, Brett Dawson reported last week that it was health. A lot of it was health related that Abrinas had been struggling with a lot of ailments throughout the season. And that makes a lot of sense because it was kind of baffling. Like, why is he taking such a massive step backwards? Like he was not this bad defensively last year. Uh, he did not move like this on the offensive end. And now he's starting to round into form a little bit. I thought he made some good defensive plays yesterday. Uh, he did. I thought there were a couple of really bad calls on him. I thought that he, he does a pretty good job um, at verticality at the rim, which is kind of a, a strange thing for your, you know, skinny shooting guard to be good at. But I feel like he's pretty good at that. And he, his shot making and floor spacing is something the Thunder need desperately. And they just have to find a way until they can get another player to give him more minutes. Because I mean, I mean, obviously Golden State is a, <laughs> a scary opponent, uh, especially without Andre. I mean, Andre, he's probably most important against the Rockets. Probably second most important against Golden State. Like I just, I don't know how they're going to defend that team, uh, but they're going to have to just try to score, uh, just because they. They don't have the personnel right now to compete defensively, and maybe they start Houston. Like if if you're looking to compete defensively, like you, the move is to start Houston. But 
I, I don't know if they'll make a starting lineup change, but the numbers that we bared out just they they just have to. Like if they want to win, if they want any chance to win in Golden State, they cannot start Ferguson. To me, the death nail will be that they stick with Ferguson because I just don't I just don't think they can. The starters just can't hang with those guys like that. No, no, no. And um, again, not. It's not that if he starts, he's this year a real chance. Um, I'm convinced that that game will be the end probably of the of a five um, like five uh, consecutive losses. Mm-hmm. And it's fine. I mean, it, that is a schedule loss uh, to me. I mean, maybe at, at like at full strength, you have a chance, you have a, a puncher chance. But since you, you won already the first game in OKC, there's almost no chance that you um, can can really hang out with those guys. So. To, to to put in perspective what uh, the starter with Abrines um, had last night, they played uh, 13 minutes. Uh, Abrines, Adams, Anthony, George, and Westbrook. Uh, the offensive rating was 134.4, and the defensive rating was 92.5. Oh, uh, yeah. <laughs> uh, Ferguson, Ferguson with the starter played. Uh, it, it is plus 41.9 rating. Um, so the lineup with Ferguson played. The exact same minutes, like 12 uh, or 11, 11, and the offensive rating was 62.9. And the defensive rating was 103.2. So it's a minus 40.3 swing. And then you have the starters with Grant, which are, again, a negative 19. So in 16 minutes, with either Grant or Ferguson, you are at least minus 25, minus 30 Mm -hmm. in net rating. This is unsustainable. <laughs> like you cannot sustain this, <laughs> and and that it's and it's really it's really unbelievable that you have numbers that you can rely on and you still don't do it. So I am really I don't know I don't know what to say. I mean, yeah, it's it's uh, obviously these are plays for the future. Like they're investing in Terrence Ferguson's future. Yeah, playing him yeah. more with these guys. It's definitely not a move for the now and being somebody that is watching the games now like we're all watching the games now it's like win try to win the game <laughs> don't yeah don't play him um i get playing him i just i mean i know that you have to to, to develop him and it's yeah crazy important but i mean like the teammates are are there like watching how he performs on the court and i know i know that i mean they like Ferguson probably, and they see they how how uh, how how much of an effort he put every day. Mm-hmm. But like, say that you are Paul George and you are looking at the the, the numbers uh, with with the starters with with like with any guy but him, and you say, well, we could have like maybe thirty five wins or thirty three, thirty four, mm-hmm. instead of being. 30 and 24 and being in the same ballpark as Denver, uh, Portland and uh, Clippers and uh, and the Pelicans. Yeah. So uh, how that plays in your decision. So this is like the coaching stuff is part of your decision. I'm not saying that this is bad for, for, for Paul George, but there is, there is a chance that when you make judgment, you, you also see like other coaches that play the best lineup almost all the time. And mm-hmm. Billy doesn't, and yes, if if it, during play the playoffs, he, Billy does what he did like two seasons ago, then yes, of, of course, he, he, you you Billy will be a net positive. 
But what if, for any reason, you don't have the time to see how Billy is good uh, during the playoffs? You just have the regular season. And this regular season, like even factoring Dre's injury, has not been a great one. Mm-hmm. So, I mean, to me, there is value in winning now uh, to show P- to PG and to Melo as well what is the, the real uh, capability of this team, like the, 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 how, how, how far this thing can go uh, on a nightly basis. And so, yes, uh, developing Ferguson is really important for the future, and, but keeping George and Melo is way more important to me. Oh, yeah. And so, no question. like way more. Like, like if, I, if you have to, like if you, if you take like any front office guy and say, well, what is the more important thing for OKC? Paul George, like uh, picking up his option. I'm not saying even re-up re, re with OKC, just taking the same, the, the content that he has for one more year or having Ferguson being uh, an average starters for, for 10 years. There's no way anyone can say the the latter the latter they will all always all of them will take the first one so i mean they they really have to to get this uh this straight as soon as possible yeah no question uh kelly something that is awesome that doesn't need uh any fixing is andy's frozen custard right now you can go get this sunday it's called the cookie casanova sunday it's got wow. Andy's vanilla or chocolate frozen custard, chocolate chip cookie covered with cream caramel, almonds, topped with the cherry. It is unreal. And you can go to Andy's, <coughs> excuse me, go to Andy's today, and you can get this on a concrete, a sundae, almonds, banana, brownie, butterfinger, butterscotch, cheesecake, cherry, chocolate syrup, cookie dough, butterfinger, hot fudge, Heath bark. You can get all these things, and there's more. I've got, there's a list that is just, it's almost unreadable because it's so long. But you can make any kind of concrete, any kind of sundae at Andy's today. Um, you can also get espresso put in there. And that's, I love espresso. And so I'll get like a vanilla with espresso and Oreo. And it's just un, unbelievable. So go check out Andy's Frozen Custard. We've been doing some giveaways. A few of you guys have been able to uh, go to Andy's uh, with those cards that we've sent you. So be looking out for more giveaways from Andy's and go support the people that support Down to Dunk and eat Andy's frozen custard. You have to you have to let me try one of those when I'm when I'm there. Oh, a hundred percent. It's on me. Okay. <laughs> it's, it's it's seriously so good. If I I have to be careful. Because I don't, I don't want to gain a ton of weight, and Andy's is—it's dangerous because I get one, and I'm like, I gotta, I gotta go back, I gotta go back through the drive-through <laughs> right now. Uh, the, so the Thunder play Golden State Tuesday, McLA, and this team just seems like the, the team that is just not ready at all to play the best team in the league and maybe one of the best teams of all time. Uh, they're not ready for that, <laughs> McKellie. But for whatever reason, this team, even when they've looked like this, they will show up against, you know, good teams. Uh, what are your, what are your expectations heading into Golden State? Well, I mean, for sure. I mean, after this week, they will probably, uh, they will look for answer, uh, A, from themselves. And so I think it is a good, I mean, having, that kind of game after after this week uh, is actually a good thing to me because they have basically nothing to lose. They're, like everyone expects them to to lose the game, so they they can play 
with like with less uh, uh, being less tense, being more relaxed, and say, well, uh, let's try to to pull this through until like Sam does something with the roster. And actually, this could be a way for OKC to play uh, a good game, a fun game, mm-hmm. and and to 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 come back to some of the good. Um, Things that we saw in December and early January, because even without without Andre, I mean, they have they, they can put uh, Eustis out there, they can put Grant out there, and try to 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 be at least decent on defense. And then Melo and PG uh, on it, it is on TNT, so national television again. Um, they they may want to 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 get this right, and they may have like a very good performance actually. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah, I can see. So, yeah, I, I, can I totally expect see that, that happening. Yeah, uh, Jordan Bell is out with an ankle injury, and David West is away for personal reasons right now, and they don't know if he'll be available on Tuesday. Other than that, everyone's ready to go uh, in Golden State. So we'll see. I, I I suspect that this team will show up. That we'll have a a close-ish game, and whether I, I mean they. They could win. I mean, Golden State, they've lost three out of the last seven games. I mean, they're not completely unbeatable. Um, but I do think that Thunder beating them earlier in the season, there's all obviously a lot of personal stuff there still. And, you know, the the Warriors just thrive on creating narratives. And then just even if they're not true at all, they thrive on them. <laughs> like like the, all the Durant stuff, they thrived on that whenever it should have been the opposite. Uh, so, you know, it's, it's a definitely, let's wait and see. I, I think that, you know, the Thunder not playing well at home against the Lakers, that doesn't give you a good sign for how things will go, but this, this team can be so up and down as, as we know from an eight game win streak to a four game losing streak. Uh, McKellie, believe it or not, this team plays the Los Angeles Lakers again on Thursday. I feel like they play them a hundred times this season. Uh, we'll see if Lonzo plays. He didn't get to play. I hope so. I know. I'm, I'm kind of hopeful that we'll get at least one Lonzo game out of all this. Uh, they play in Los Angeles. Uh, unfortunately, we have two late games this week, a 930 tip on Thursday or Tuesday and Thursday. But that Lakers game could be super interesting uh, because – not only because of the game, but because we don't know who will be missing from that game because the trade deadline is that day. And, you know, there, there'll be a lot of intrigue and some buzz and excitement around the team because I, I suspect that they'll do something and they'll be missing somebody. But the fact is that this Thunder team should should have trampled that Lakers team yesterday, and they should do that on Thursday. We'll see who shows up. Uh, I suspect that we'll have a better Thunder team come Thursday, um, not because they'll have different personnel, but because they'll just be ready to play. Yeah, and like it is a late game, which is better for me than for you because I can wake up yeah. reasonably early and still watch at least half of it. Or I mean, I'll I'll, I'll probably uh, get up very early to the Golden State Warriors game, yeah. four thirty. Oh, like four thirty. Oh, that's right. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah, it's early, but uh, it, it's still better than the like, 2 a.m. Uh, yeah. tip off. Mm-hmm. It's uh, undoable for me. So, um, like, go back to the game. I mean, they they, they will probably uh, try uh, to wipe down the Lakers from the uh, from the earth, like after what happened on Sunday. Mm-hmm. Um, so, I mean, I expect uh, even 
after a loss against Golden State, even even if they lose, um, to try they will try to to really destroy the Lakers as they did uh, in their first meeting. And I hope the Lonzo plays because I really want to see uh, his defense. I mean, I, I saw like a few uh, games. Um, of LA with him on the floor, on the floor, and even the numbers are good. I mean, I don't realize, I, I don't didn't fully realize by the eye test why the numbers were so good. So, mm-hmm. um, having him against Russell will give me a better idea of uh, why the numbers are so good. Yeah. And I really expect that. I'm, I'm really anticipating that to, to be like a, a very nice matchup. Um, Lonzo is very fun. Uh, he's a very good rebounder. So I want to see him against uh, one of the best point guard in the league. Um, and, and then uh, I thought actually that yesterday one of the more important players for uh, for LA was Brooke Lopez because yeah. he he got his the, his three pointer going and that forced Adams to to be uh, to like to patrol the three point line way more than he than he's used to and on the other end Randall was killing Carmelo Anthony I didn't re- I didn't I don't know why um, they decided to keep. Melo on Randall and to keep Adams on on, on Lopez mm. like throughout the game. It made sense to me to, to switch uh, at least try to switch uh, the two and see if Melo can handle him. I know that with Melo uh, on the court, uh, Lopez will probably play more post ups than trees, but still, a contested post up is better than a contested tree uh, overall. So um, I wonder if uh, in LA uh, coming Thursday they will try um, to to do different things if Randall is there, which is a big if. Yeah, yeah, that's true. Yeah, we not only could have a really different Thunder team, but we could have a really different Lakers team because they are they're looking to move off of guys like Julius Randall, uh, Jordan Clarkson, who both killed the Thunder yesterday. So we could we could see a much different team. I also think that Russ is just going to want to destroy Lonzo Ball. Yeah, I feel like he's just going to want to kill him. <laughs> so that might be a little bit of an extra motivator for the Thunder because it's not really anything any of Lonzo's doing. It's his dad. Um, but there's just a big target on that dude's back. And I think that Russell would love a chance to uh, destroy him on the court. And I think that uh, given the opportunity, he would. Uh, the first game that we'll see the Thunder with their, you know, possibly a new player new starting lineup i suspect that by this time they'll have a new starting lineup whether it be from you know internal or through trade as against memphis uh a a team that has just really struggled this season and you know if you're a memphis grizzlies fan they're 18 and 34 you probably would like to see them continue to struggle because if you can Mm -hmm. you know get a deandre ayton or somebody in the draft, like that makes this kind of all worth it because you look up and down this roster and you're like, man, there's two guys on this team that I would like to have. And one of them is hurt for the rest of the season and Mike Conley. And one of them is older and can't really contribute. He's, he's not the same contributor this year. And it could be that he, maybe Marcus all is not a guy that performs well when he knows there's not a lot to compete for. Uh, a lot of people have said he's not as good of a defender, and he's not. Um, but I think that <clears throat> there's a lot of motivation behind defense. Like you have to be motivated to play on that end. And if you're Marcus Saul, like what what's it going to do if you go all out every night? Like you're going to win twenty, you know, thirty games rather than twenty five games this season. I mean, I, I don't 
I don't see the the upside in him competing like crazy. I don't know that he does either, but if they can get a high draft pick and um, <clears throat> move forward with some talent, I think that they I think that that's probably the best thing for them. And this team was likely without Tyreek Evans at night too. Um, yeah, who has been most likely easily their second best player and maybe even their best player on some nights. But uh, I think that he'll he'll get a change of scenery and get a chance to go play on a team that maybe is competing for a playoff spot or competing for a title. You know, he's been rumored even he's been even rumored to Oklahoma City, which I don't love that fit. But he's been rumored to Bo- to Boston, um, which I think makes a lot of sense because they need. They just need another creator, <clears throat> and he's he's been that this season. Yeah, I wonder if that uh, precise trade happens. Uh, then I, I wonder if Boston will try to move Marcus Smart uh, on the same night. Like yeah. if because I mean, there's no you cannot play like Smart, Rozier, and and Evans uh, together for sure. long, especially with with the depth that you have. Uh, on the wing, I mean, um, you want to give Tatum minutes because he's earned them. Uh, you want to give probably Marcus Morris minutes because he, he wants them. Uh, I don't like him very much, but at least he's a solid player. And so, like speaking of a second for tra- um, of trades, I mean, I think Marcus Mark can be a, re- a reasonable uh, target for OKC. I know that offensively he may be even worse than Robertson because he. You think he's better than, than, than what he actually is, especially yeah. shooting-wise. But defensively, he is really a tank. I mean, you can put him against any player. If you want to, to do a heavy switchy lineup with him, you can do that. If you want to, to give him Curry in isolation, he's good at that. So, if among all the players we discuss, um, and you discuss with in, any, in other episodes, he will be uh, the closest thing defensively to Andrew Robertson. And on, on some ends, he's probably worse. Like, he's not in, on that level in terms of understanding, in terms of um, where he uh, positioned himself on the court. But uh, uh, one-on-one defense against good ball enders, he may be better than Robertson. And so, against some ball ender, not, not all of them. Mm-hmm. Uh, and so, I mean, I wonder, I wonder if Boston will part ways with him to... Um, well, Boston is really close to the tax next year. So uh, I wonder if they will try to move him. Yeah. <clears throat> and he's super switchy, too. Like they, yeah, yeah, yeah. He can guard big guys. Like, he, they put him on Porzingis. Um, mm-hmm. And he does okay because he's so strong. Uh, and like you mentioned, he's great as a one-on-one defender. I, I think that would be a home run for the Thunder if they could bring in a Marcus Smart and then you... You have to you'd have to send out probably a Brinus and a couple second rounders, and I think that that would be worth it because I think you could start Marcus Smart next to Russell. Uh, he's super gritty. He would have to limit himself offensively if he's playing with that unit. Um, but I think that I don't know what he's shooting from three, and it may be quite similar to what <laughs> Robertson is this season. And he's probably going to take more, uh, but he's the kind of guy that can win you a playoff game. Like he did that for Boston last season, mm-hmm. and he can get hot. That's like he he's a better offensive player, um, like overall than Robertson is. And some of it's that he can create off the dribble, and that's something that Robertson really isn't great at. Um, but yeah, he's shooting thirty percent. Yeah, 20, thirty-one. Yeah, yeah, 
I'm, I'm watching it cleaning cleaning the glass, okay. which, like, as you know, it cuts out all the garbage, garbage time. Yeah. He's like, uh, yeah, 30.7 and 50% at the rim, which is abysmal. But anyway. Yeah. 29.9% uh, from three. And more concerning than the 29% is the 4.6 attempts that he takes per game. I mean, that's just like, whoa. Like, effective field goal percentage of 42%, field goal percentage 35%. Like, it it, it doesn't look good, McKellie, but the Thunder, nope. the Thunder need a defensive player at that spot. That is the way that they've designed their defense. Every, their defense hinges on that, on a guy like that being, being there and being able to close out and be able to play solid defense and... To me, like that, he would be a really great replacement for him. Uh, he'd have to rein himself in a little bit on the offensive end, but he would be he'd be a great get. Uh, would you rather have Marcus Smart or Avery Bradley? Because like with Bradley, I, I like don't you, know. I know because you get like a more well-rounded player with Bradley because Bradley is obviously a better offensive yeah. player. Uh, but I don't think Avery Bradley's as good of a defender as Marcus Smart is, um, and so you're no, and you have to you have to factor in the fact that uh, you you can control Marcus Smart, yeah, going forward, yeah, in terms of, uh, in terms of his future, and you cannot control uh, Avery Bradley, right? So I think that well, if the fit is great with uh, with Bradley, and you can sign it for like the full mid-level exception like 8 millions or like make good contract or something like that sure you can if you have like a wink-wink situation then yes sure you go for Bradley but on the other on the other end if you look at Smart's number with the starters he's amazingly good I mean uh, if you pair like Smart and Kyrie which is an amazing offensive player you have like a plus 12 in in, uh, in net rating Okay, with, with the two on the court, which let me, is let me say it like this way up. Let me say yeah. it this way: if you if we know for sure that they're both leaving after this season, it's a, they're both a rental. Let's say that they're both a rental. Who would you rather have? I still I still lean towards the best defender for what the OKC has. Yeah, and I hope they like. It depends also who you can get uh, on the market, like on the buyout market. Because I think that if you get smart, and you may not even have to 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 deal Abrinas, because I think that Boston looks for uh, salary relief as well, so they don't want to get in salary. So you have to get a third team involved. That is the main difficulties to me. Mm-hmm. Um, or you you need to get more salary yourself. So if like if Boston is okay on doing something like Dakari um, uh, Johnson and. I don't know, Eustace, and I, I'm not sure if we reached the uh, like the we're not there enough yet. salary to to make it work. Yeah, yeah, I know, but uh, not even with the 120 percent rule. No, uh, you would have happen. to do Grant, Eustace, and Dakari if you're looking for yeah, that's, for expirings. Yeah, that's too much. Yeah, yeah, that's too much. But anyway, um, I I still think that this team can be okay offensively. Yeah. Uh, if you if you let them play, if if they play the the right way, uh, and with smart on the court, they can do exactly what they do with Robertson. Maybe on a lesser level, maybe some some nights on a better level, but he is that kind of defender that can help you to 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 be again a top five defender, uh, top five um, uh, like in um, all 
playing all the league. So I would I would go with Marcus Smart, and he cannot leave actually. So he either sign well, they can they can like uh, they can decide to let him leave, but he has to sign the QO or to re up with the team. So mm-hmm. you get at least two years if you want them for yeah. a year and a half, which yeah. is which is enough. Yeah, without a doubt. And they, the rumor is that he could be had for a first rounder. And so maybe the Thunder ultimately just don't have enough to get him uh, at the trade deadline. Uh, well, they, they, they can, I mean, for smart, I would do the thing that we were discussing like yesterday, I think. Uh, you, can, you can sell part of your uh, protection. Like sure. the the, the, mm-hmm. the pick of OKC is uh, protected for um, uh, between uh, twenty one and twenty mm-hmm. for Jeremy Grant, and two thousand twenty it's a year where you can where you may not have either Paul George or Carmelo Anthony, mm-hmm. and so if you sell say from eight to twenty on like two years in a row or one year and, and then two second rounders. I think that that could be a thing that Boston may accept. Because in the mm-hmm. end, if you get the, the first rounder, it is a good one. And if you don't get it, well, it's two second rounders. And uh, this draft, especially on the on the lower end, is not that good. And so you may want to, uh, to say, well, second, two second rounders in 2020 and 2021 are still better than a, than a late first rounder this year. Mm-hmm. You, you will not get like a lot of a lottery pick for 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 smart like i'm 100 percent positive on that yeah, yeah so yeah, I, I we are talking about a late a very late yeah so maybe maybe sam is willing to 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 say well if it's a top round like if it's a top five no i want to keep it but if it's not maybe top eight uh but if it's not i can give part of that protection for one year to see to, to to try Marcus Smart and and last thing I mean next season I'm not sure if Raymond Felton will be uh, with OKC and Smart can give you minutes at the playmaker uh, with the second unit yeah so you can play him uh, even if you, even if Robertson's there you can say well you're the six man uh, you, you just you're just in control of the second unit you're the like main ball handler and you will probably be paired if George is here with one another great defender and so. I mean, smart and and George in a in a unit means good defense, and so I mean, I think OKC should try to get him. I I think he would be a slam dunk because if you bring Dre back next year, coming off injury, and I don't know, like he's a guy that can be a placeholder for Dre and keep the defense the way that it is, and then whenever Dre is back, then you're just talking. If you're able to keep this team together, you're just talking about a defensive juggernaut. Um, you add Marcus Smart, who's a top-flight defender, and then you can kind of focus on you know Russell and Paul George and Adams and Mello being like your primary scorers, and then everybody else just keeps the other team from scoring. You're talking about top five in both categories, and you know Paul George. I don't know if you saw his interview with Rachel Nichols yesterday. Uh, he talked about. You know, he wonders what this team could be like next year and the season after and the season after, talking about like building something. And you know, I don't I don't think that he's giving the Thunder like real indications that he's gonna stay. Um but I I tweeted this that I feel like he's setting himself up either for a Kevin Durant like exit where you have all these quotes or like, Well, why did you say this? And why did you do this? And 
or he's going to stay at least for another season. And if that's the case, like we've been talking about all this stuff, you would much rather be able to control, you know, Marcus Smart moving forward and put him as a part of your group uh, than have Avery Bradley for like two months and then he has to move on because you can't afford him. Uh, I mean, that would, I, I just think that the Thunder are in a tough spot because of that, because they don't know, because they don't have any indication one way or another on if they, you know, go after a rental or if they go after a guy they can keep long term. And, but I, I think I don't know if Marcus Smart is going to be somebody that the Thunder could get, but if they could, I think they would. And another reason is that Sam Presti has had an affinity for him since the draft, and the Thunder took a really hard look at maybe trying to acquire him on draft night. Sam Presti was in Stillwater constantly watching Marcus Smart, and I think that the Thunder would love to have him. Uh, so I, I think he's he's super interesting and a guy to keep an eye on heading into Thursday, and. You know, I do think that he he helps teams, and you know, Boston may look at him. You know, at the end of the day, and say like he's kind of a little, he's a little bit too important to us, and he can provide a, too much defense. We just can't, we can't let him go. But certainly, somebody to watch uh, come Thursday. McKelly, this will be the last time I talk to you before the trade deadline on the podcast. Uh, hopefully, we can the Thunder can turn it around. I don't suspect they beat Golden State, but. Uh, hopefully on Monday we'll be talking about a team uh, that won two out of three games and have a, a, a real starting shooting guard, and uh, our conversation can be a little more upbeat than what our uh, complete trashing of Terrence Ferguson. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, uh, or we may even say have to say goodbye to him. I, we yeah. don't know yet. Yeah, that's possible. But anyway, um, yeah, I hope I hope I really hope for two one week, uh, one way or another. Yeah, yeah, without without a doubt. Uh, McKelly, thanks for coming on the show today. Follow him on Twitter, uh, at Mikey Barra. If you're not following him, I'm not really sure what you're doing. I tell you to do it every week. Just get on Twitter, hit the follow button. He's the man. Uh, you can follow us uh, on Twitter, at Down to Dunk. You guys are fantastic. Leaving five-star iTunes reviews, it means a lot to us. If that's something that you haven't done, you listen to us every week, uh, it's just a good thing that you can do for us to go take a few minutes of your day and leave us a five-star review. Uh, that means a lot to us. Do that on iTunes. You can do it on your computer from your phone. Uh, it just takes a couple seconds to do it. If you're just going to leave the five stars. And then if you would want to take the time to leave a message where you can type us a message, that would also be very kind. I uh, hope you guys have a wonderful day. Uh, just, just enjoy your time. This, this team, I know they're frustrating, um, but I do think ultimately this is going to be a good team. Uh, the Thunder have one of the best general managers in in the NBA and a guy that makes good trades. Um, and so I think that come Thursday we'll have a different team. So and enjoy that. Enjoy the trade deadline. We'll talk to you again Wednesday. Alex Spears will be back on uh, to do something great because that's what he does. I uh, hope you guys have a great day, and we'll talk to you soon. 